Welcome back, everyone. This is The Changelog. We're a member-supported blog and podcast that covers what's fresh and what's new in open source. You can check out the blog at thechangelog.com and our past shows at 5x5.tv slash changelog. The show is hosted by myself, Adam Stachowiak, and Andrew Thorpe. So, Andrew, in your echoey way, say hello. Hello, coming straight from my new empty and echoey office. Yeah, you just uh, you just moved, right? To just moved, Nashville. Yeah. Got to your house. That's awesome. Music stuff. City, USA. Speaking of music, you can tune in live every Tuesday. That's today at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on 5 by 5 to listen to this show. This is episode number 94, and we're joined today by the awesome, awesome Hampton Catton. And uh, he's the inventor, uh, as you say, Hampton, the, of SAS and him, which I think is a really cool way to, to talk about how you created some software. And you're also the maker of Wikipedia Mobile, which you uh, talk about uh, quite a bit in different talks. And I think it's a unique story you have there, too. So welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, guys. It's awesome to be here. So uh, I think we've been, I think I've personally been waiting to have you on the show since like episode number two. So the episode number two <laughs> of the change log was, was uh, Nathan and Chris. We talked about SAS, Compass, and stuff like that. And I've been a user of SAS for years and stuff like that. We got a chance to hang out at LessConf, and that was, that was awesome. I, I think uh, I didn't have a different opinion of you before then, but I definitely liked you a lot better afterwards. I don't know why. It's a... Don't take anything hard from that. Um, <laughs> but I guess for the uninitiated on, on who you are, I kind of said you were the inventor, creator of SAS and, and Hamlin and some other stuff. But when you introduce yourself, how do you introduce yourself? Yeah, it's, I mean, well, usually I say, hi, I'm Hampton. But I don't normally, like, <laughs> I'm on the media. I'm like, hi, I'm Hampton. I'm the inventor Don't you of say, SAS. hi, I'm the Hampton? I'm the Hampton, yeah. The Hampton, yeah. Uh, so, TM. Yeah, um, definitely that, that moniker is a, a difficult one because Nathan and Chris have been maintaining the well nathan's been involved pretty much since day one uh and chris has been involved for i think five years now and they they do all the hard work on keeping SaaS awesome and adding all the amazing features and um you know so i def i I did the first version uh the first commits mine the kind of concept was mine the like pre-compiler idea um that was actually there wasn't really anything like that like it's pretty common now with you know coffee script and a bunch of kind of other alternatives but um you know that was the really crazy idea because i think back then i was i was doing rails full-time and uh you know people were asking a lot like how do i do dynamic css they really want to do like you know theming or user picks a color for some reason like that that kind of um customizing css and i remember when i first started sas um that's what people thought it was for the longest time um they, they were like, oh, well, so let me do custom themes for my users. I'm like, yeah, it's not dynamic. It's actually compiled, and then, you know, it's just CSS that goes up. Um, you know, and, and it was like variables and some other basic stuff and nesting. Um, but, you know, all the crazy stuff that's out there now, that's, you know, Nathan and Chris are just absolutely insanely awesome at that stuff. Um, and I have to be honest, the most advanced usage of SAS these days, I'm not very good at it. Um, I, I mostly use, you know, I'm a... Like uh, the book I wrote on it, the Pragmatic Guide to SAS, the end of that book's a basic, basically the end of what I use day to day in the language. So, uh, I haven't got a chance to dive deep into that book, but I've been wanting to, to pick it up for a while. But now that well, you mention it's pretty basic, I might just skip it. Yeah, no, it's it's not. It, it's true. <laughs> uh, no, it, it's definitely. I'm just it, messing with you. <laughs> well, I, we kind of did it because the the story that like I keep hearing from people is you know oh like I've been I'm at this company I really want them to use SAS. But I can't convince anybody to like take a look at it. Right. Um, and so the idea was just to have a really thin, really simple book that just taught you very quickly how to kind of be dangerous with SAS. Um, so how many pages is it then? Oh gosh, I don't know. I guess it's, it's digital, right? So is there really pages? No, no. There's. Uh, is no, it physical? I got the book right here. Yeah, it's Pragmatic wow. Programmers. Um, yeah, it's, let me see. Ninety. I think a hundred pages. No. Yeah, I mean, it's a. It's, Sizable enough. Yeah, it's a pragmatic guide, so it's really quick and kind of like yeah. each page is like an example, and that's really how it teaches you. I so, like the way you did that book too. You kind of had it in this beta form, and you were releasing, I think, chapter every couple of weeks, right? And mm-hmm. um, it was pretty neat to to kind of go that route too. And you didn't take that long to write it either. It was <laughs> a fairly quick one. I know there's another book out there that's taken a while, and there's well, uh, there's anyways. There's that's actually a, about, that's a deep topic there. Oh, well, there's about four or five books. There's actually one in French, which is oh, is there really? Like, yes. Wow. Uh, yeah, that that that's my favorite one. It's by. Not that uh, I'm wild by French books, but just didn't realize <laughs> that there was a French SAS book. Yeah, and Ben Frame just came out with one, I think. Also, so um, 
but yeah, Nathan and Chris have one they've been working on for a while, so um, we'll see how that comes out. I feel like there's, um, you know, uh, so what I wanted to do with this conversation, and you know, Andrew, you're you're a full stack kind of guy too, so you definitely play in this world as well. But I kind of want to just cover, I guess, not the entire time talking about SaaS, but I wanted to talk about a lot about it, I guess, but not the entire time about that and uh, Hamill too. I think it's really neat mm. just to, just how you. Um, you know, you use the word. I think now you change it. You say creator now. I just realized that. But for a while there, you were saying inventor of, but which I always thought was kind of neat. Well, I think I stick mostly with inventor. I don't know. Probably it's just hard, right? Like, yeah, I, I always flip well, back and forth. I don't know if that. it's. I mean, I think when I've talked to you about it, you're always pretty humble. Like we had a chance to chat at LessConf, and I was pretty cool to just riff about SaaS and some neat stuff. And there's some there's some parallels to some feelings we have about the community and what can be done and hmm. um, some likes and dislikes and stuff like that. Nothing in particular, but just in general, we have some parallels. But I think what's neat about SAS is, is that people don't realize how, uh, how old it is really. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of newcomers, maybe the last, you know, one to two years, maybe three years, I've started to use it and have adopted it. But this is like, six and a half years old now maybe seven years old now yeah, right? i think november is gonna be the seventh birthday of SAS, the first right. uh, commit right um, that brings up the other thing i was was uh i think it was like november 5th i looked up the commit date that, in the hamill gym because it was mixed with hamlet first right yeah yeah it was um it was kind of a side crazy idea i had to like just and i convinced nathan <laughs> to help me right <laughs> build it as like an add-on kind of thing um it's definitely eclipsed um hamill generally um, but yeah, and actually on, on November 5th, uh, so the company I'm at now, uh, <laughs> MoveWeb, we're actually going to throw a, a SaaS birthday party here in San Francisco. And so we're going to be doing, we're going to like invite the community, um, who want to come. So that's actually going to be pretty fun, I think. Well, you know that the, I'm the owner of sasday.com, right? So we'll have to use that. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. It, it'll be SaaS day. Not a, not a SaaS birthday. It'll be a birthday, but it'll be SaaS day. But yeah. It'll um, be, be pretty awesome. Yeah, it actually, when SAS, Hamill was a year old, I think, before we started on SAS, maybe a year and a half. So that's almost coming up on eight years, I think. Um. So uh, when I, the reason why I bring up the, the longevity there is that uh, a, a while back, I haven't done the talk in a while, but for a bit there, two years straight, Wynn and I, um, you know, we started this podcast a while ago, and we were doing this talk called Design Eye for the Dev Guy and Gal, so... Uh, all you ladies out there, we, we were saying gal. You can go back on the slides. It's really neat that we put the little slash there and gal. But um, uh, we were – one thing we were seeing in one of the slides when we were doing this talk, it was actually kind of training more than it was a talk. It was eight hours of training. Um, and we did this and it was like you know the primer into <coughs> design theory and SAS and Compass and HTML5 and CSS3 and a bunch of other fun stuff. But um, one thing I was uh, really reminding people of was that like – you know, you mentioned getting people to adopt it, and that was part of the reason why you had said what you said in your book and keeping it short and kind of making it, um, you know, like this beginner's guide, for lack of better terms, hmm. um, was one thing that was hard to to convince people of was that SaaS wasn't new. It wasn't like it was, you know, all, they just heard about it, but it, this thing has been there for a while, so it's a mature project with some mature people behind it that really have some very insightful thoughts, and there should be no reason why you shouldn't trust it, you know? And that's why I, I kind of harp on the six and a half, almost seven years old, so. Yeah, you know, it's definitely, like, uh, you know, less being done in JavaScript, but, you know, less being the kind of competitor. Um, it came out, you know, it's relatively young. Um, and, you know, it being a JavaScript, it, when they did that port, it kind of exploded in popularity because <clears throat> it hit right when, you know, JavaScript frameworks were kind of exploding, and it's like, whoa, this is in JavaScript too. My whole world's in JavaScript, man. Right. Um, and, uh, so, uh, but I, I like it when I hear people say, oh, so SAS is like, it, it's, it's like kind of like less, right? Like you kind of copied what less did. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. I'm like, oi. <laughs> um, yeah. That's, that's where you put your inventor hat on, right? Yeah. Um, no, but, uh, so yeah, I, I definitely talk about the age too, because I think most people don't know how old it is. I mean, it lived for a long time. It was only used in the Rails community. Right. It was part of a Hamel project. Hamel is definitely a markup language that you either love or hate or love to hate. Um, and uh, just, I, I, I always try to tell this people, if, if I meet you at a conference, uh, I don't want to hear what you think about Hamel. <laughs> Let's talk about anything else. I just don't need to know your opinion. 
Um, so. are, there, are there a lot of negative opinions about Hamill? Yes. It, it's just always a whole talk that oh, I have boy. like three, three times a conference. Are you going to be um, upset if I have some questions around Hamill then? No, because we have a whole audience of people who we right. can address all at once about it. Um, <laughs> That's right. Getting, get, get, get them all done at once, right? Yeah, or shoot me an email if you have questions. Uh, no, I, I, actually, the, the part that's funny is that people think I'm really sensitive about it. Um, like, I'm not. Like, but they kind of come up to me like, oh, you know, I hate to tell you, I really don't like Hamill. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> all right. I'm super sad. No, I'm just like, you've ruined my day. Oh, I'm like, that's cool. The, you know, right and then on. somebody's like, uh, somebody tweeted the other day. They were like, I have to admit, sometimes I still use ERB templates for some things, and I'm like, so do I. Like, <laughs> what? This isn't a big deal. It's fine. Yeah, it's I have like a your... confession. I actually, uh, I'm working on a Rails project, just uh, learning Ruby and stuff like that, and getting a uh, getting more in depth at it. And I actually stopped. I, I've always been a big fan of Hamel, and so I hope y'all don't make you cry when I say this, but. I've gone back to ERB. How dare you? How oh, dare I? He just a, got finished telling us how sensitive he is about <laughs> Hamlet. I'm going to cry. Um, uh, no, it's funny. So, you know, a lot of times when it, the stuff I work on, um, like, I, I definitely tend to originate things and then let smarter people than me come in uh, if they get traction and more responsible people than me also. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm always looking for those ideas that are kind of really challenging I definitely like, <clears throat> I have a lot of opinions that don't necessarily always match what's popular. As a matter of fact, some of my opinions will be based around um, disliking what's really popular. Uh, I had a really popular video that went around at some point about me just ripping into test driven development. <laughs> and, uh, like, you know, and that kind of, I like that it kind of offends people and makes them have to take their position. And, uh, like, Hamill's definitely, if, if the people out there listening haven't seen it, it's um, very dark it's it's very concise it's a way to write html templates that's very heavy on semantic html so um it's kind of designed to be a pain uh to not write good classes for things um when it was you know it was designed in you know what was it 2004 or something like that um 2005 and uh you know that's when you know i was the other developers i was working with weren't using classes and it was getting to our design team and they um we're getting very frustrated because there were all these spans and divs randomly kind of on a template and an ERB template and they weren't styled right. And it just kind of looked all crazy and, you know, they just dumped data out. Um, and I kind of wanted to design the language to kind of force people to do good habits for semantic HTML, um, and to really focus on structure and layout. But like, it's definitely not meant to be like a beginner tool. And as a matter of fact, when I first presented it, I thought everyone was just going to hate it. Uh, it was a total Harry, like Hail Mary to give that out to the world. I kind of just thought I was the only one who ever used it. Um, so the fact it is still used this, <laughs> that you've been using it up till now, is pretty amazing. Um, but I was just kind of hoping it would stir a bunch of other innovation. And, I mean, it took a while, but I, there's definitely a lot of kind of things that have taken similar approaches, being kind of white space sensitive, um, you know, kind of yeah. mini, minimi like uh, Now it's like data attributes, trying to make that more concise, more simple. Um, so I'm proud that that, that kind of happened. Uh, that you know, there's a slim and stuff. I think are, are now kind of gaining traction, and, and that's awesome. That's totally the natural flow of technology. I'm just happy to come in with my crazy idea and you know push people to question what they were doing before. I think it's cool though, man, to have uh, an you know just a crazy idea, and that's why I thought it was kind of neat. Like for a while, there, I was like, huh, inventor, huh? And then I was like, oh, inventor. Oh, that makes sense. I mean, because, I mean, software is an art, and it's not just, uh, you know, propeller head kind of stuff. It's, it's you know, it's very much a canvas, and, you know, that is a pretty wild thing. Like, even if it's not the most artistic code, I mean, the what it does is really unique, and it, it shifted a lot for people. And it, I would even say that Hamill and SAS, uh, I'm not sure if they're, exactly responsible for but they, they definitely started a movement of pre-compiling and mm. you know this meta level on top of something else so sas on top of css and Hamble on top of html i mean i think it started this little movement so to speak i, I mean I, I hope it like th that is the the angle like if i'm most proud of myself or something it is that there are competitors and like seeing coffee script like i i kind of had proposed a thing called jabble years ago at a conference um and i, I never really got to 
finish of the project, but it was kind of like a coffee script like thing um, to like make just really straightforward event driven JavaScript. Um, it was, a little, I mean, it was different, but the, you know, it was kind of applying the same principle. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if I had any positive effect in any of that stuff, that's awesome. Cause coffee script's really, really cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think in, inventor is kind of the way I think of myself to be honest, but just because like, I like to look at problems and I like to try to come up with solutions that other people haven't thought of that later when you look back, you're like, well, that's obvious. Um, that's my favorite. Like <laughs> if I, <laughs> that's my main joy in life, uh, is, it, it is now that like I, I feel like people do look at SAS and go, well, okay, uh, yeah, I mean, that that must have existed. Like somebody did that. Um, right. Those are my favorite favorite products too. Is when you're like, wait, this doesn't exist. Oh. Um, well, people are pretty diehard fans too of of both of these things that we're talking about, SAS and Hamel. Like those who love Hamel really love Hamel, <laughs> and those who love SAS like really love SAS. In fact. Um, a couple years back, um, me and John Long and a couple others got together and started this, I guess, uh, blog, I guess, on uh, on SAS called the SAS Way. And it was a riff on the Ruby Way and the Rails Way. And so, you know, they kind of set the track in terms of the name. But we thought, like, there's some, there's some positive, graceful arrogance when it comes to the SAS Way, in quotes, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Because I think there's, you know, there's the way you'd write it in CSS, and that's kind of like, kind of stupid in a sense. Because why would you waste so much time, you know, handcrafting that CSS whenever you can let SAS do the indentation for you and make your output beautiful or condense it and, or you know, to decompress or compress it down or whatever, you know, whatever your flavor might be, SAS could help you do that. So there was this level of arrogance when it came to like, to to this. I guess just using this. So, I mean, how do you feel about people being so diehardly uh, appreciative and and just stoked about using SAS or Ham when like almost fighting to the tooth and nail about it sometimes? I mean, clearly great. <laughs> like, I mean, it's pretty awesome. Uh, I am looking for. I haven't seen it. My first uh, SAS tattoo yet, but uh, I'm sure somebody will get one one day. Um, yeah. No, I mean, it's really really cool to see people be so passionate. Um, and I think the the iconoclastic kind of element, especially earlier on, I mean, th- these days, you know, especially SAS, it's just more accepted. I, I think there's less, you know, bare-knuckle fights required. Um, you know, here in the Valley, I just, like, LinkedIn's used, I mean, that's why Chris Epstein uh, recently got a job at LinkedIn. They're they're kind of officially supporting SAS. Uh, um, sorry, I know Yelp is using them, is using it. Uh, a lot of the big companies here just, they'll kind of silently think they're the only ones doing it and are now internally using it. Um, so, I mean, and, and that's just so cool to me. There's like kind of these secret companies right now that are all using it internally and not really telling anyone. Um, and I mean, I, I think because they're initially challenging ideas, that's why people take it on as a, as a belief, you know, and that's why they get so passionate about it because they don't understand why other people don't understand. <laughs> and that's, I don't know. I think it's really cool. Um, so, uh, I, there's tons of stuff we could talk about, but I'm really curious about this and I, I've, heard you talk about it elsewhere, but uh, SAS and Ham were both kind of iconified, I guess, in a sense, by this imagery that came with it. Uh, you got the dude with the, with the muscles, right? You got the girl with the phone in her hand. And uh, especially when we did the SAS with her, like, people new to SAS are like, why is your icon a girl talking on the phone? You know, and, and, and we're like, and why is it you know, this pinkish purple, what's the tones and why are all these choices made, you know, why did you make these choices? And I'm like, well, I'm just following the groove, you know, um, I didn't choose the girl. I mean, she's sassy though. Right. <laughs> and then you got the dude who's handling, he's kind of got this, uh, you know, he's got his little muscles out there and he's, he's flexing. So what's, what's the deal with the images? Where'd they come from? So it definitely started with the, the kid. I had a photo that I found at a yard sale of this uh, it was like a 1950s kid, and he's on his pad, uh, like his porch, and he's probably like eight years old. And he's got <clears throat> his dad's boxing gloves on, and they're oversized. And he's kind of like trying to pose at the camera, like he's fighting. And uh, that was one of my, I just loved that picture. I bought it immediately. I still have it because um, I just love this idea of kind of innocence and having a weird idea and like standing up for something and kind of I don't know. I just thought it was really adorable. And I don't know, I felt like there was a lot of me in that picture. Um, 
and so we were, I was working with uh, Lucas Draya, who's a designer um, at uh, Color.me, I think is the name of their, uh, his design firm in, in Toronto. Um, and he, he, was, he helped on the original design of the Hamill site. And he had like a bunch of um, kind of open source, or not open source, uh, was it um, public domain images. And that was one of them. And I was like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's what I wanted. That's the, that's the same spirit in that kid that I saw in the other photo. Um, and I think actually the, when I look at them, uh, the core thing is being mischievous. Um, that's the idea to me. Like that, that's the heart of that kid. He's like, it's kind of showing off, but it's kind of like a cheeky, um, mischievous way. Um, and then I don't know. So I, yeah, I also, I picked the, the woman's photo of her on the phone I honest, I've been asked this question a lot, and I just really liked the photo. I mean, I, it looked a little mischievous. I thought she looked cheeky. I thought it was kind of fun. Um, I thought I didn't want to, with a name like Sass, I, I, I thought it would be kind of interesting to, I don't know, like play with gender roles maybe. Um, it, I definitely know some people have been offended by it. It's, it's, I'm a pretty strong feminist. Uh, I know guys can kind of be feminist. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's so funny to me when I hear people say, Oh, I, you know, I, it's, it's offensive to me. Um, and you know, that's definitely not the intention. The new design doesn't have that. I, it's not meant to kind of offend anyone, but I just kind of thought like she seemed empowered to me. She seemed like she kind of had a secret, like there was something mischievous going on. Um, she seemed kind of happy and friendly too at the same time. And that's kind of what I thought, um, about SAS itself. And as far as the, as the color, I believe actually Nathan picked. Yeah. Um, he just took the Hamel site and then like picked a color and <laughs> threw it on top of the photo that I sent him. Um, so I don't really know why I went with that color. I don't really like that color, to be honest. It kind of drives me crazy. But that's <laughs> that's why the, the never-ending uh, SAS redesign <laughs> is going on. Yeah, so when is that going to... What does that look like for the SAS redesign? Because the Hamel, you're not... You, I don't ever see the boy anymore on Hamel. No, no, Hamel. Uh, it's gone. Slingshot now, so... Yeah, that got what, redone. Um, yeah, so what about SAS? When's that going to drop? So there is... Drop? I can send out the link. I mean, the main thing is... Uh, so, uh, Burman Painter and Gina Bolton have been working uh, really hard on it. And basically, they, they did all this work to kind of flesh it out and... Uh, I mean, I, I think it basically, as all kind of open source design projects happens, people get distracted. Um, and, you know, I think the initial version, they were trying to do a lot more tutorials, a lot more kind of interactive uh, information share. Like, it, it was, they were trying to make it um, not just a better design, but better content is kind of a central place to go to learn about SAS. Um, and I think it's that content part that was the biggest struggle to actually get all that written and put in there. Um, a couple weekends ago, actually, uh, my, my husband Michael and I spent like a weekend, and we kind of went through. And since we did the SAS book, and um, we're also working on material, we're working with Treehouse right now, actually, uh, to put together a SAS module for that. And uh, so we, we're like, okay, fine, <laughs> we'll come in and help with some of the content. Um, so hopefully soon. Uh, I've been bugging Gina about it. We'll, we'll see. Um, I mean, honestly, I. Even I think as it is right now, not completely polished, it's still better than uh, the current site, which we just need to kill. That's kind of my position. Um, and you know, once you get something up there, it's easier to iterate. You know, like kind of it forces you because people are looking at it. But I think there's a lot of pressure because the site's been so ugly, and the competitors have all had really nice websites that you kind of don't want to put up something that isn't just clearly better. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, oh, all this weight and all this time, we said we'd finally make it. Okay, now we've done it. Oh. Yeah, the, the <laughs> like, pressure's there to, like, really deliver now, right? Like, you, you can't... Yeah, you, can, yeah, you can't have that. Yeah, you can't put up your, your draft number one and be like, yeah, we're going to iterate. Yeah. I mean, it's it's still looking good, though, and I think anything better is better. So, so that's open source. Right? Can we talk a little bit about the, I guess, maybe... I wasn't trying to cut you off. Did you have more no. to say? I thought you were done. No, Sorry. go, 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 go. Um, I just wanted to kind of paint a little bit of the history for those who haven't been closely watching. I know you originally started um, both of these projects. We've been talking about the Hamlin SAS. You kind of stepped away for a bit, and then you came back. We we talked a little bit about this, um, not last week, but the week before we had uh, Phil LaPierre from ThoughtBot on. He's the maker of, of bourbon, maintainer of bourbon that's uh, 
kind of I, I'm not really sure if you would consider it a Compass competitor. It's just more of like a parallel to Compass, just in pure SaaS. But mm. we talked a little bit about just how you stepped away for a bit and came back. So, and it sounds like you're a bit more involved in the day to day of of SaaS now. Is that right? Um. So the primary SaaS project um, that is the kind of Ruby engine and the new language features. Um, today, that's definitely still Nathan and Chris primarily. Um, Nathan has, he's at Google and he gets his 20% time to work on that. Um, and you know, I mean, there's basically so many years of sweat equity in that and, and they know so many of the edge cases, um, that, you know, like, and, and I'm not, since I'm not a super, super advanced SaaS user, um, you, you know, I mean, I, I try to pitch in on stuff in the forum, but, uh, you know, when, when they're talking about super edge case things, I my you know, I'm, I'm like, you guys are, you know, this stuff way better than me. Um, but what I've kind of been trying to do, so I mean, yeah, I left and basically have been, um, I did a bunch of iPhone apps that sorry, that uh, got pretty successful, um, and uh, I did the Wikipedia mobile site, I ran that for three years, um, and kind of was just doing random projects on my own and, you know, focusing on my career and stuff, and, you know, they were doing such a good job with it, I just kind of, you know, was the wayward father, um, but about a year, I think it's over a year at this point now. Yeah, maybe a year and a half. Um, so the company I work at, MoveWeb, uh, we we're a software tool company, and uh, there we you know we have a whole framework for developing mobile sites, and it's really a way to transform websites. So imagine CSS Zen Garden, but where you can actually change the HTML too, um, and you can do this on any site on the internet. So. Um, we can, you can like redesign Hacker News and mobilize it or change it to something else or make it ugly. Um, as one of the guys I work with just made a really ugly version. Um, so we have this tool set and part of our tool set, because it's a framework, there's like, you know, you generate a project. So we have uh, SAS in it. And basically having SAS, we had to include Ruby. Um, and our core framework is no longer written in Ruby. So we, you know, Ruby's like a 200 megabyte or 300 megabyte download now. So we had this distribution where, you know, in, in, in our cloud servers too, where we had this $300 executable, or sorry, 300 megabyte executable. Uh, it's free, actually. Um, <laughs> and just kind of for compiling these SAS files. And it was slow. We had some really big projects. And when we were using Compass, you know, it could take up to 30 to 40 seconds to compile. And um, so we kind of, as a, you know, I, well, I kind of decided uh, that we had a guy in house who wrote the parser for Tritium, which is the language that MoveWeb has, uh, and uh, we decided to do the totally insane idea of writing a C and C++ implementation of SAS um, to basically take those seven years of development of edge cases of features and try to have one person um, redevelop it. Um, so MoveWeb's been sponsoring that for the last year and a half. Um, and every build of our SDK and product has had it embedded for the last year. Um, but so basically it's called, so that's called libsass and that's the actual C and C plus plus code. Um, it's designed to be super ridiculously modular. Um, so what, you know, higher picture, when you look at pre-compiled CSS languages, uh, SAS is still, most people use the Ruby version. Um, and most people don't use Ruby. So, you know, at, for, in, for instance, at LinkedIn, they have, you know, a whole set of compilers and computers just meant for building SaaS. Um, actually, Jonathan Lambert, there's uh, this guy who his main, one of his main jobs is to keep their compilation farm running of Ruby servers. Um, and it's like this whole infrastructure just because it's kind of slow and in Ruby. Uh, and so that's definitely a downside that people have to do this extra install. Um, Switch and get on the command line and stuff. And there's there's apps to help with this, but it's hard to have a real development team. We can't just bundle this into Eclipse, right? So they use Java there. They can't just add this quick thing. So, you know, and Les had decided to do JavaScript, which is a great idea because basically every browser can compile less. Now, you don't really have to install anything. You can just do it in the browser. So kind of... Uh, I realized, hey, we have to do better than that. Like, how do, how do you go past that? And that's by writing a library that has no dependencies that you can just drop into anything and compile it and it would have SAS in it. So um, it's a collection of like 20 C and C++ files. It compiles into something very small. 
you could drop it right into Firefox today and build Firefox, and it will compile in there. It doesn't need any dependencies. It doesn't use any weirdness. We wrote our own parser from, from scratch to make sure that's possible. Um, so the idea is, you know, what's better than JavaScript? Well, let's try C. Um, so uh, that's the libsass project. When you actually look in, this is where it gets confusing people. When you go to hcatlin uh, slash libsass on GitHub, um, it's just some C files. Um, it, it's not an executable. It can't actually do anything. It's a library itself. Um, and that's where you see uh, Aaron Leung, who's the, the guy from MoveWeb who's uh, been working on this. Um, that's where he puts all of his time reworking that stuff, coding it, expanding it, fixing bugs. Um, and uh, it's meant to be compiled into something else. Um, so there's the other repositories called SAS-C, and it's basically just a lightweight wrapper um, that's an executable. So you can actually type sass-c when you install that on your command line and, hey, you know, input-output file. It's just like the, it's very similar to the um, Ruby sass executable that most people use um, when they're using a different framework. Uh, and then we also have some other, there's node sass, which is, compiles into a node server. So check, we've even got JavaScript. <laughs> um, nice. So yeah. Uh, Andrew Nesbitt works on that. Um, and it's basically, he just pulls in the libsass repo, puts the wrapper around it to make it execute within the, uh, and compile uh, within node environment. And then, hey, there you go, npm module. Um, so that's out. Uh, we ha There's a Ruby one I've kind of been working on. Um, it's very complicated, <laughs> and I don't have much free time to work on it. Uh, but the goal of that is eventually that it'd be a drop-in replacement so that you could go into your Rails app, comment out import SAS, and say import SAS C, and then it would kind of alias itself in and be able to compile SAS files, and you wouldn't really know the difference. Um, and so that's, there's still more work to do on that, um, especially to get full Compass support, because uh, Compass uh, is not just a SAS library that includes a bunch of SAS files. It also includes a lot of Ruby functions uh, that kind of extend core SAS functionality. Um, and, you know, as today, libsass fully supports bourbon um, because bourbon doesn't do anything um, crazy. Uh, Compass, Chris is definitely um, part of his job at LinkedIn is going to be to help get Compass running on libsass. Um, so at this point, there's actually kind of three companies, MoveWeb, LinkedIn, and Google, who are all kind of supporting SaaS development, like with actual office hours. And uh, in MoveWeb, it's pretty much a full-time person. Um, so that's pretty cool. And, and at LinkedIn, it's a full-time person. So you took, you have kind of these two divergent paths at this point, right? Like the original SAS path and, the, and this new one that you're kind of, you know, trailblazing with. <clears throat> what is the, what is, what is the long-term plan for how these two would, uh, would, will these two both continue on indefinitely? And if so, how, or if, you know, not, how is the community of developers that are working on SAS with Nathan and those guys um, handling the, the thought of potentially that not continuing or, you know, any thought into that at all? So, I mean, at the moment, uh, it's definitely Ruby SAS is going to continue to be the <coughs> spec implementation, um, and they're going to continue to develop the language there. And then the goal with LibSAS is to stay, um, I mean, honestly, at this point, SAS development, uh, of, when it comes to features, is pretty slow. Um, I mean, rightfully so. It's seven years old. When, when I, I know when Nathan and Chris, if you see in a comment uh, in any of their pull requests, when they're when they're debating whether or not to add a, a language feature, is an extremely intense and detailed and long debate, um, going up to nine months worth of debate. Sometimes, um, you know, sometimes somebody said something three years ago, and then you know it's been still debating, and they're kind of saying, you know, maybe probably no in that case. Um, but you know, it's. They take a long time to consider new language features. Uh, so, I mean, I, I'm actually not too afraid about keeping the two projects in sync. Um, I mean, you know, if I think, I have to look at this, I think there's basically a SAS release every nine months on average, I think, something like that. Uh, it might be a little longer, even. Um, and, you know, having nine months, you know, our software product, this is really important to it. I have a full time person, we can totally do it. Um, there's, there's no plans to get rid of the, the Ruby version. Nathan and Chris are going to continue to work on that. Chris is definitely um, helping out with LibSAS. Nathan is just sticking with the Ruby implementation. Um, and, I mean, you know, as far as the future, I, I don't know. Um, but, I mean, one thing that's really kind of important to me that I'm trying, if you look in the SAS-C repo, um, 
That's H. Catlin slash Sass uh, That's with a C, sorry, S-A-S-S, and then the letter C. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's hilarious, right? Sass C. Um, so it, there's a big test suite in there, and it's basically I copied all the – the tests are in Ruby for the Sass repo, the main one. Um, like they're actually in a Ruby class file. There aren't like executables, so it would be impossible for us to run the tests quickly um, in a different implementation. So I basically pulled those out into files. We have all these input-output kind of examples. Um, and, you know, the goal is we're going to continue. It'll eventually move out of that repo. We just have it there because it's a quick place to test. But, you know, the real goal is to have a whole test suite so that, you know, if somebody wanted to write a pure Java implementation, they'd really be able to, you know, know that they're behaving correctly and according to the spec. Um, so that's that's a kind of ongoing bit of work. And uh, I, I know that kind of Nathan and Chris are definitely up for helping with that. Um, and but we'll, we'll eventually kind of unify everything. Um, when, uh, when SAS revs or gains new features, what is it that, um, what does it look like to keep the two in sync when you say that? Like, can you give us an example for those who don't code in C and don't know what you're doing with this, but what it takes to keep those two in sync? <laughs> it, it takes Aaron Lung. Um, cause, uh, you know, C and C++ code is very intense and hand coding, um, a parser is very intense also. Um, I definitely libsass is more of a traditional parser than the, the SAS implementation. I would say the Ruby implementation. Uh, but yeah, I mean, basically, you know, you end up having to add a feature like keywords to the parser, you know, if we're going to match on a new media query or a new, you know, behavior to extends, you know, you basically write the test function. We all agree on what the input output should be. And then you go into that actual parser and try to modify the parsing function or the output function to work with it. Um, so it's pretty, it's pretty, um, handholdy. It seems like it's very hands-on. It's not, Oh, just uh, you know, import the new library and call new bindings or something like that, and it's it seems like it's pretty. Well, I mean, our goal. So we would, you know, if a new feature gets added, actually, we might if we see it coming out soon in a SAS release, we'd probably already be developing it, um, and then we'd probably just synchronously release a lib SAS update, and then all the try like the adapters that use it, like Node SAS or whatever. Uh, would then go out with the release, and hopefully we're going to synchronize the version numbers on everybody. So, if you're using Node and you look at your npm package, you'll see it's you know 3.4, um, and you can know that that's SAS 3.4 um, compatible library. Uh, so that's basically the idea. One thing, I don't know if you may have already said this, but um, with Node SAS, and I think it was it's Andrew Nesbit. I've actually spoken with him before, but. Um, with Node SAS, and they're kind of coming from the other side, right? So as things go into SAS, you have to kind of keep up with LibSAS and keep that in sync. Uh, have you spoken to Andrew about, like, his experience with implementing Node SAS? Because I'm assuming that he's probably the first, other than SAS-C, to actually uh, implement a wrapper for the bindings. Is that Have you actually, like, heard about his experience or anything? Um, I mean, we've talked a little bit. I mean, at this point we're, with LibSAS, you know, there's definitely a lot. Like, it's usable today. Um, if you have a very large, very complicated project um, that was in pure SAS, there might still be a couple incompatibilities. Um, we're, I mean, right now, actually, we're finalizing a new release. Uh, I, w I was kind of hoping to be able to <laughs> announce it on here, but it looks like it's going to be a couple more days. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a ton of fixes coming out to kind of edge case stuff. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, ha I haven't really talked to him. The API is super simple, though. I mean, what you actually have to implement, the kind of base stuff. Um, there is, so we have, uh, at MoveWeb, we use Go as our primary programming language. So uh, there's actually a thing called GoSAS, and so we keep that up. So that is implemented into our framework, and kind of you can call Go functions to, to compile SAS. Um, and I think there's a version of web.go, which is one of the libraries that supports it kind of natively. Um, so, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, we, we've kind of been in touch. I know he kind of did as a weekend project, and then uh, I think he was looking to, to pass the project on. Um, but, no, I haven't heard. Wait, have you, have you heard something more specific? <laughs> no, no. I was just wondering what you, were say, what you thought. But it, as you said that, I looked at the, what I think is the GoSAS library under MoveWeb's GitHub, and yeah. you're not lying, man. That's a pretty simple uh, 
API to, to wrap around. So the whole thing is like 100 lines of code. Yeah, there's the, the, dot, the header file has like six functions. There's like uh, compi- compile a folder, compile a single file, and then compile a string that you pass to it. And then, you know, an options object or something. Um, but our goal is to make the simplest, stupidest way to integrate. Um, where it gets harder is callbacks. That's a thing we've been, like, so, you know, SAS now in the Ruby version allows you to define functions in Ruby. Um, and, you know, it kind of creates, you get past this, you know, SAS colon colon integer, SAS colon colon string, you know, color. Um, and you can manually work with these kind of things in Ruby land. Um, the long-term goal, and this is when you, if somebody wants to make a super good adapter, um, you can actually kind of map the C objects into, you know, Ruby objects or Go objects. Um, right now there's this kind of simple C-focused callback library um, where you can register custom functions, and that's how we're probably going to get um, initial compass support. Just actually go code it in C. Like, <laughs> why not? Um, yeah. So, th- you know, there's, there's that aspect, but yeah, so I mean that's when it gets more complicated. But I mean, if you actually, you know, if you're in Java and you're like, I just want to compile some stuff, um, or I want to write my own command line app, it's super, super, super simple. Somebody asked in the, well, that's somebody is um, Scott Killam. He asked about. I, I guess it kind of becomes a tongue twister too. So I'll preface it a little bit with the fact that. Uh, there's two syntaxes for SAS, and I know that that's its own freaking debate, and oh, I don't even want to go there, but sometimes you just have to. But So there's there's the newer version, which is more CSS-like, which is SCSS. I'm not sure if other people have a different name or how to say it, but I just say SCSS. And then you have the you know kind of classic style, right, which is SAS, and that the, the file types are .sass for those listening and .scss for... Uh, SESS, but uh, when you did this, since we're talking about libsass and the ins and outs of that, and gosass and all that good stuff, but um, I- I'm not I'm not familiar with the details around this. But the question he asked was, uh, you know, Hamel is a simplified syntax, and so is uh, SASS syntax, and he's wondering why you decided not to support the dot SASS syntax, S A S S. So. <laughs> um. Well, first of all, uh, I hate the name SCSS <laughs> very, very much. So you're only um, supporting the SAS syntax, not no, SCSS. No, 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 no. I, I hate the name in all caps, SCSS. Oh, okay. Um, so, uh, you know, so the initial conversations on SAS, we w- were going to make it more like CSS. Um, kind of after testing the idea with people I knew, like when we were kind of brainstorming, like early, you know, before we actually started building it, most of them were Hamel users. And so, um, since it was kind of part of Hamel, they were definitely people were like, no, 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 it should look like Hamel. Keep it simple. You know, I want, I want to have Hamel in my CSS. Um, so we kind of, oh, and so our, then our initial idea was that, uh, we were going to try to support, you know, semicolons, brackets, and white space. Um, and then kind of Nathan came back, you know, <laughs> shook his head and was like, no way are we going to be able to support that? Um, so at the time, we kind of chose to go with a more Hamill-like syntax. Um, and that's what, you know, kind of is the dot .sass uh, format. Um, then, you know, we and definitely... That's, that's like yeah. white space aware. It's all space, space aware. Yeah, no... to nest, uh, you know, a property or a rule set. You're going to nest it underneath the previous one. So just to make that clear for those mm. listening, it's not very visual. Well, and uh, and actually, the thing people don't know. So Hamel's designed that there's a the first character on any line is the control character, and it basically defines what's going to happen on that line. And the idea is that you can read along the edge of the file when it's white space sensitive and kind of know what's going to happen. Um, so that's why you know equals space you know my variable. Uh, the idea is I can kind of look at it and on the left hand side, as a developer, I I know what's going to happen. I'm going to print something out. Um, so actually, the original version of SAS, it was colon attribute space twenty, or you know colon width space twenty pixels, because um, it was trying to steal that concept that actually saying colon means I'm an attribute, um, starting with a control character, um, and basically over the years we kind of we heard more and more that you know having a jarringly different syntax confused people, especially people who were not 
Ruby programmers, but were really more CSS developers. Um, they were used to looking at CSS all day, and when you saw a different syntax, there was a lot more mental switching and learning required um, sorry, to, uh, to understand what SAS was. So, you know, and at the time, if, if I was a developer at a company and I said, hey guys, I heard of this new SAS thing, I'm going to convert our project. Then what you would do is, you know, especially the very first version, the file would look drastically different than it did before. Um, and all the other developers in the company would be like, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, what is this thing? What did you just do? Um, so over time, it became very, very clear that we had kind of, in my opinion, made uh, the wrong decision on going, make it more Hamill-like. Um, and then, you know, Les definitely took uh, the CSS-like approach. And, you know, it dawned on us, like, oh, man, we've been so stupid. Here we have, uh, you know, all the hard work isn't the syntax. The hard work is, like, the engine, how it functions, the decisions, the edge cases, working those edge cases out. And we were watching Les grow very quickly um, and struggle with the fact that they were a young project and did not, they, they, there's a lot of edge cases even today that Les doesn't really cover. Um, and it's kind of their focus is keeping it simpler, uh, where SAS is really focused on um, stability and predictability. Um, like, you don't file a SAS bug and then we say, oh, sorry, that's just a quirk, we're not going to fix it. Um, typically we're like, oh, we'll get to that. Um, so, uh, you know, at least from my perspective, it became very clear that uh, we needed to move to a CSS-like um, syntax. And uh, Nathan and Chris were definitely on the same page. Um, and this was probably, you know, honestly, this was the last major interaction that I had with the core project. Um, and uh, I was proposing that we should just call it SAS 3.0 and be like, hey, sorry, after 3.0, the syntax is different. SAS 2 or something, give it a name. Um, just something, you know, kind of draw a line in the sand on something different. Um, but I think their feeling definitely was that it, since it's the same engine and we don't want to alienate our community, uh, we should kind of have two syntaxes. Um, and uh, I very much disliked the all caps SCSS. As people who follow me on Twitter know, I'm the it's SAS, not SAS guy. Uh, it should yeah, not I be can understand caps. that, though. I mean, who, I think it's, that's a crazy debate to have itself, but I, I a lot of people do the all caps S-A-S-S because of CSS being, you know, an acronym, right? Yes. Um, yeah. I, I think it's just capital S, you know, lowercase A-S-S. I mean, I'm not yeah, trying it's to a word. word or anything, but that's, that's yeah, how it's it, spelled. Well, um, it's, a, it's a backronym, just to be clear. So yeah. it, it, there are letter it, syntactically awesome style sheets, but really that wasn't like, we weren't like, that's the most logical name. Oh, look, it spells sass. Uh I just thought the word SAS was funny. I thought to have come in a, like an effeminate name uh, for technology um, isn't really common. Things are normally called like, you know, Thor and Rake, Hammer. Right. Um, so. You know, so like, hey, let's just call it SAS. Like, why why is it bad to, to call something like that? Um, and I loved how when I was, by the way, I was first announcing it, like, people were like, you really called it SAS? Are you kidding? That's a terrible name. Um, which made me like it all the more. Uh, well, that's no, sorry to interrupt, that's yeah. no worse than um, what uh, Vagrant's original name was, which was Hobo. Oh boy, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, uh, so SCSS kind of became this alternate syntax. Um, uh, it's definitely through the years, uh, SCSS is far, 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 far more popular. Um, and so what I've kind of been re-engaging over the last two years in the project, and um, at least with the community... Uh, the, the pragmatic guide to SAS and libsass, uh, they only use the CSS-like syntax. Um, and I don't really differentiate SCSS anymore. Uh, in my mind, SCSS is now just the extension on the file for yeah. SAS, SAS CSS, um, or super CSS or something. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, like that it stands for that. Um, the language is still SAS. Um, I, I, I'm actually not a fan of having to uh, syntaxes because I think it's it's kind of bad marketing to say well what you know oh is this yeah SAS I feel like it's been a, like a like an anchor to you guys and I don't mean like an anchor in a good way I mean like it's dragging you down that it's it's it was hard to get people to adopt when there was you know the older way because you know you talked about the different syntax and how different it looked and people didn't want to adopt it and they got to learn something new the same reason you know people don't want to use or people would resist Hamel versus ERB or HTML straight you know like it's mm -hmm. 
it's it's just one more hurdle to to get over and um so when we were on the show um the most recent show 93 with phil lapierre from thoughtball we were talking and he asked me and i said well i know that nathan has said and uh from the SaaS point of view that it's going to continue to support both syntaxes but do you know or do you think that it would be just wise just to you just said it basically but you know it is the longevity of SAS going to keep supporting these two syntaxes? And I think it comes with a tail end of that question, too, by saying that it every time you have a conversation about SAS and its syntax, you have to have two conversations, and it forks in, it makes it confusing. Like, even in the 5x5 five five, uh, IRC room, we got uh, somebody in there asking questions about it, and there's Andrew thoroughly answered the question, but they're still answer, asking questions because it's a confusing subject. Yeah, <laughs> I should be in that room. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I, I definitely think the Nathan is behind, um, and I believe Chris is behind uh, the kind of naming scheme that it is just SAS. The word SAS refers primarily to or exclusively to um, the CSS compatible version, um, which is awesome because with that you just point SAS at your folder of CSS files, change the extension, and it just works. You don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to go backport everything. You can use CSS libraries. It all just works. Yeah. Um, and that that's where, you know, it, it's really a killer thing. So I think it's not, you You can stop having two conversations uh, as long as you feel comfortable with that. Um, their SAS is now CSS compatible. Its extension is SCSS. Um, we try the, the, Pragmatic Guide to SAS barely mentions the exist. I think there's a little sidebar where they say, there's an older syntax called indented SAS. Um, you know, to find out more, go here. Right. That's basically, we've changed all the examples, what's on the website. Um, so it's definitely people, you know, there's definitely, I know a lot of diehard people who love the older syntax. Um, and because it, it, it is kind of more minimalist. Yeah, we use um, it at Pure Charity. So Andrew and I both, uh, our full-time jobs, we work together at this company called Pure Charity. Um, and we use SAS there, and we use the indented version of SAS. Uh, yeah, so yeah. the Ruby it's, version before will... Before I went uh, to Pure Charity, I always used the SCSS version, and um, it took me a little bit to get used to it, but now I actually do prefer the, invent, the indented version. Um, <laughs> so now it's like I... But, you know, it's funny because you're, you're bringing up a problem that I think kind of plagues the... Uh, I don't know if it's every community, but especially in the Ruby community and, and especially in the rails community. Um, I think like four, you know, four years ago, five years ago, people wanted to get in and get started with rails and it was really easy, like to get up and running, you know, like the zero to rails was so easy, but now there's like so many choices you have to make. And I think that when it, when a potential developer is making these decisions on, you know, templating engine and how to do their style sheets and like how to do authentication, there's like all these choices you have to make to get started. Then you get to, you know, you get to SAS and you're like, okay, everyone uses SAS, but which version of SAS should I use? Like more choices, choices, choices. And I think the zero to, you know, rails is a lot harder now for people. So, you know, I think that removing features or removing, you know, like if you removed the indented SAS version, you'd, you'd have a battle probably. And the good and the bad of open source is, guess what? If you removed support from SAS, then somebody would fork it and get the old version back and people would start using it. And it's like this thing that plagues the community, but it, choices are a good thing, but they're hard for newcomers. So I don't even know where I stand on that. But yeah. it is funny that you say about that because I always, like I was a diehard about the SCSS version on all the projects I ever did before I came to Pure Charity. Come to Pure Charity, it's all indented SAS. I, like, it was cutting teeth, and I hated it, and I had to spend time just like getting used to it again, and now everything I do on the side, I do indented SAS with, so I'm all screwed up. Now, you guys are just spreading the chaos. Thanks. <laughs> um, now, look, so indented SAS is fairly popular within experienced Rails programmer groups. Um, if you look outside of Rails, which is where all the growth has been in SAS usage, um, it's hands down SCSS. Um, yeah. I don't. I, they're really not aware that anything else exists, to be honest. Um, like it's that's when you look at the tutorials, when you're learning, when you're bringing it to your company, you're using PHP, but you have this SAS. You know your your framework supports a, an adapter. It just is SCSS to you. There's no 
concept. Yeah. So well, it makes sense. I mean, SAS is CSS compatible when you use that version, and that alone is like the sales pitch. That makes sense yeah. why you would do that. You know, yeah, you're you're zero to SAS for lack of better terms. You know, just to play on what you just said there is is super quick. As a matter of fact, what what got me to start the SAS way with John Long and others was um, was just that because I was writing a tutorial because somebody was asking me how to get started with SAS, and I'm like, well. It's so easy nowadays. Like you literally just, you know, do what's necessary to get the Ruby compiler. You know, before LibSass and others that are available, but you know, get the Ruby compiler to your local machine, and pretty much from there, it's just renaming your file from CSS to SCSS. Like that was easy, wasn't it? Like now, go rinse and repeat in your project, and just start adding variables and incrementally just sprinkling, you know, sassy mm -hmm. CSS to use your word, Hampton. In there, and boom! I mean, you're you're incrementally just stepping into this unknown world you never knew was there, and that's that's that that's the magic sauce right there. Yeah, I mean, well, that's definitely when you see like, I mean, we're it's it's really fun to teach SAS, I think, because um, I mean, it's in Pragmatic Guide to SAS, and also the the stuff we're doing with Treehouse. Um, it is very much the first lessons, like, okay, so this you know you show some CSS. This is also SAS. You've now learned step one. Um, and then, you know, you say, try indenting, try to put a sub selector. And then, you know, I think you're like, now you've done magic. Like, right. yeah. this is like, and then like you, you can know, do a variable and it's yeah, like, and then just they're just like people's minds. Yeah. Like, people are just like doing CSS, but haven't seen it before. Yeah. They have a little aneurysm. They're like, wait, what? Oh, what? I don't know. It just happened. You can do that now. Um, <laughs> can so you that's, talk you know, a bit about what yeah. you're doing with Treehouse just to kind of give that a, a little light? Yeah, so I mean, um, work with, uh, Michael and I are both working with uh, Treehouse to kind of, we're currently working on the scripts, um, but we're going to be doing a whole module. Um, you know, Treehouse, if people don't know, is the um, training company that basically you log in and they have videos and tutorials to help beginners learn uh, different web technologies. And so SAS is going to be one of the featured web technologies and have a whole uh, unit, and they've asked me to come in and do the videos and so teach you're going to go there and so, record and, and be the person teaching? I am. I am going to be the person teaching. Wow, that's awesome. I've well, got a friend that's uh, working on there. You'll have, to, I'll have to hook you two up when you go. Yeah, it was actually, it was uh, all, the, all the guys at LessConf. There was a, a bunch of the Treehouse guys. And uh, I, I know uh, Andrew Chalky has been a friend of mine for a long time. And uh, they were just like, hey, wait, you should come do it. And I was like, let's do it. I'm not busy. Uh, was it uh, was it your your masquerade on the beach that uh, got them to think that way or what? We don't talk about that. What happens at Les Comp stays at Les Comp. That's <laughs> the magic rule. Uh, good one, touche. <laughs> um, so yeah, let me. Yeah, that's it. I don't have anything else. Let's uh, <laughs> let's ask Hampton our famous questions, Andrew. Yeah, so I guess the first one, um, and the listeners to the show will know this, but. Uh, any newcomers, we kind of have two questions that we ask to all of our guests. And the first one is for who is your programming hero? Um, I'd say Tender Love. He's a, he's a alumni of the changelog. Oh, really? For those that don't know, Tender Love is Aaron Patterson, a well-known uh, Rubyist out there and a funny guy on Twitter. Yes, he is. <laughs> um, no, I just, I, there's, uh, not only like uh, his project uh, Nokogiri um, was a major inspiration to the crazy stuff we're doing in MoveWeb now, and uh, you know uh, it's, his code is beautiful, and uh, he's the, just the sweetest guy in real life, just the most down to earth nice guy out there, and uh, he has an and his surrealist sense of humor. Um, and uh, pictures of uh, Gorby Puff, his cat, um, just <laughs> complete the whole thing for me. Um, and uh, I love when I see him at a conference, and he's usually sitting down and actually just coding the whole time. Um, you know, I like to think of myself as a pretty passionate programmer, but, man, <laughs> like, I'm just like, hey, when's lunch break? You're like, oh, let me, let me <laughs> talk to some people. Uh, I'll check Twitter. Like, he's just sitting there, like, hacking with somebody and building something really cool and amazing. Um, and I just so much respect. And then plus having the kind of weird surrealist sense of humor. Um, and I do have a, a um, back on my laptop, I have a, the, I have a Gorby Puff sticker um, of his crazy looking cat. So <laughs> he's winking. Awesome. Yeah. He's a, I think he's a, if a lot of, pe a lot of people try and get creative 
uh, when they answer that question and they'll, you know, come up with some obscure, you know, Unix developer from the seventies and, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. but I think if a lot of people that have been in the Ruby community were honest, he would be on that list for, for a lot of people. He's an inspiration to me. I mean, yeah, big, big fan of his. So, yeah. uh, sec- the before we go on, we had, I just want to mention, oh, so those listening, if, um, if you want to pick up another episode of the change log to go back and listen to, if you go to five by five TV slash change log slash 44, you'll, Pick up the episode where we talk. Uh, uh, I think it was me and Win that talked. Uh, no, it was just Win on that show. Talked uh, Ruby one nine. So this is pre two point obviously. Uh, talked Ruby one nine. Noku Gary and Tender Love Making with Aaron Patterson. So go back and listen to that show, which is his website, TenderLoveMaking.com, I think. Yeah. Right. Can I throw in another answer too? Yeah. Sorry, that's really weird. Yeah, go for it. No, because when Donald me, uh, Brad Fitzpatrick. I don't know. Uh, he invented uh, Memcache, and he works on Go oh, yeah, now. Yeah. Um, and uh, we use Go a ton and really love that language. Um, and uh, I just think that's really amazing to be on such two projects that I use all the time. Um, anyway, that's it. Yeah, I think I saw his name. I think he was associated with OpenID at one time, or he started it. I don't remember, but I used to use OpenID to log into, I want to say Stack Overflow. Yeah, I, I believe he's seen his name on that. Yeah, he started uh, OpenID, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. So our other question, and this is for you to pick uh, Hampton, the different libraries that you're working on. We kind of asked for a call to arms. So being that we do support open source and we love open source, uh, what would you like to see the community get involved with on any of your many projects that are out there? Okay, so definitely hcatlin slash sasc, um, or uh, Ruby SAS, I believe is the name of it. Um, both those need help and normal people have the ability to help on them. Um, if you're crazy into compilers, then you can try to dive into the lib SAS stuff. Um, but it's a little intense. It's kind of hard to just like jump into, uh, but, uh, you know, SAS C, especially the test framework area, uh, needs a lot of help. Um, I mean, that's the thing where the community, if you're really passionate about SAS and want to see SAS go from even just being a Ruby implementation to not just being a C implementation, but being other things really being a language, uh, we really need to have a compelling spec um, that kind of works for all implementations and can really help, you know, people and, you know, helps all projects that, that work with it. Um, so that's, if I had a wish, it'd be people to go in there and help write tests. Uh, the tests are simple right now. We don't have options yet. We don't support, you know, some of the, the different compile methods um, and uh, it's not its own project and I just absolutely love to have somebody um, come in and pitch in and help with that um, it's it's not always the sexiest thing in the world to work with a spec library um, but it would make a huge difference to the overall community and the, the you know the health of SAS itself yeah I think you can uh, you can make it the sexiest thing in the world by offering free iPads that's what I do at Pure Charity to get my code reviewed <laughs> That's what he does, too. He's like, hey, there's a pull request with a free iPad attached. <laughs> I mean, no one ever gets free iPads, but it <laughs> seems to give him a shot. <laughs> I like this uh, this one test you have in the SASC library, uh, huge.scss. That's kind of cool. Well, that's, uh, that's our, that's our uh, speed test. So we, we we have a couple of ones we use for benchmarks. Yeah. Because uh, definitely it's the lar- like uh, a really simple file is... You know, I mean, especially Ruby boot time is when you're doing performance differences. But, I mean, I don't know about you guys, how large your project is, but um, there's a lot of people with very, very large SAS projects. And, you know, Ruby is not so great with handling, you know, mm-hmm. 100 million strings in memory all at once and then trying to write that out to disk. Uh, and that's why you see really slow performance with Ruby SAS uh, and big projects. So, um, and LibSAS, it's super fast. Yeah, I guess one question on the talking about this the the testing piece. I'd never it never really occurred to me that these tests would be written in in SAS. I guess that kind of just makes sense. But for those who are like Uber SAS enthusiasts that like you know write compass extensions and are like frameworking to the nth degree, you know what uh, what would you recommend for them to like dig into in some of these projects just to learn from some of the code you've written or you guys have written? Hmm. That's a tough question. Um, I mean, definitely, uh, you know, I mean, Compass is a, a crazy invention itself and has, you know, nice components that you can go look into. Uh, LibSAS is pretty 
challenging to look at and and the main SAS repo itself it's very you know mature optimized code is typically ugly code to be honest not to it's sorry Nathan it's not like ugly but y- there's just a lot of stuff you do to you know optimize and get around things uh, it's not the it's not this kind of pure perfect you know ideal um, it's not the kind of thing you do like a training on and this is how your code should look um, yeah, I don't know when people want to learn what to, to work on. I mean, honestly, like share your SAS code. Go go look at some of the crazy mix-ins that people write. Um, there's a ton of stuff on CodePen. I love to see that stuff floating by. Um, just you know, I'll randomly see a tweet of like, "Oh, look at what I built in CodePen." Um, uh, was that the question? Yeah, that's, <laughs> no, that's good. I, I definitely think Compass is a, a super good resource, especially if you're working with compass you already know about that but you know definitely diving into the source code so like if people want to know how do i write my own you know mix-ins that do xyz you know they're going to go jump into into compass or bourbon or something like that or if they want to drop down into ruby and write some sort of ruby extension that does something that in addition to you know on top of sash or whatever then they could do those things but i just had it really hadn't really occurred to me that uh, your tests will be written in SAS, so I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. And uh, like looking at some of your variables in there, it's just I just didn't really think about them being written in in SAS. <laughs> don't ask you why. What would you write them in? I don't know. That's that's what I'm just. I just don't even know. <laughs> I, I haven't done this kind of work, like writing tests against this. I just I don't know. I just didn't well, so, think it would be written in SAS. Well, so uh, you know, Tritium, which is my newer language, that's uh, imagine it's like Nokogiri kind of, but a language or a really stripped down JavaScript. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's test framework that I wrote is giant. Um, cause it's basically input HTML, the tritium that you want to change on it. And then what we expect to come out of that. Um, and you, you know, every single build that we do internally, the company, you know, goes and kicks off, uh, like, I think it's near 2000 tests at this point. Um, anytime that we get a bug, you go prove it out in one of those, uh, snippets. And so that's basically what we're trying to do here. Um, it's very early version though right now. It's very simple. Um, uh, primarily what we're running though is we run the Ruby SAS and then we run SAS C and run them right next to each other and make sure they match um, for ones that don't have expected output. Awesome. Well, Hanton, I want to thank you for joining us today. It was definitely a fun chat uh, talking with you about SAS, Haml, Wikipedia Mobile, MoveWeb, and all the crazy stuff you guys are doing there. Um, definitely appreciate your your inventor hat and hope you keep wearing that hat and don't stop inventing. I'm sure that you won't, but... Uh, um, I can't help it. I can't help it. Stop me, somebody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And if you want to follow him, you can follow him on Twitter. He's hcatlin, both there uh, as well as GitHub. This is episode number 94. Show notes, and this show will be available tomorrow at... 5x5.tv slash changelog slash 94. Uh, next week, we're... Andrew, we don't have anybody lined up for next week, do we? Uh, we have some pending things. Some pending. So, guests yeah. for next week has not been uh, pinned down, but nonetheless, next Tuesday at 5, we'll be broadcasting live again. So, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>